thank you for tuning in tonight to Sweet Liberty. And uh, I am Jackie Petru, your hostess. Normally when I dial us in, uh, I can hear the commercial before and then the and then the, the opening song, Sweet Liberty song. And that's why I'm not so sure I'm on the air. Today is Wednesday, and it is the 27th of uh, September <laughs> in the year 2006. And Alan Watt is our guest this evening. Alan, thanks for being here tonight. I was forgetting myself what month it was. I, were you really? <laughs> yeah, when you were thinking about it, you know, what, what month is it? <laughs> Yeah. Well, it goes so fast. Yeah. It does go so fast. So it's raining there in Canada. It's raining here in beautiful Pennsylvania. Uh-huh. And that just seems... I I just for some reason felt that we were going to be having a very beautiful uh, Indian summer. I was looking forward to it mm-hmm. with all the rain because other than the first two weeks in May... Yeah. It's never been dry here, Alan. This whole last week and beyond, actually, it was raining, and it's been pouring pretty well all day steadily. Uh-huh. But mind you, when the when the clouds are breaking up sometimes in between rain showers, I can see the higher clouds, which are the trails of the, the aircraft. The chem trails, uh-huh. They're still above the, 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 the lower clouds, yeah. Uh-huh. So they're laying it on thick. Well, I, I I don't know if I mentioned this on the air um, before, but maybe I have. I do know that I repeat myself, but you, you never know who you've told something to when you're talking to a lot of people. Um, here in Pennsylvania, we moved in in late 95, but when we were looking at the property, she said that they were in a drought condition and had been for a couple, three years up here in northern Pennsylvania, north central, and I asked her if the farmers had irrigation, and she said no, because they never needed it, and then it was back, I believe, maybe 2000, I don't know how, I mean, the time, no, it wasn't, it was, it was 2002, towards the end of the term, the legislative session, uh, they passed a water bill. And the water bill they passed was a real doozer. I mean, it was just loaded, uh, which will be, of course, encouraging the local, the townships and the counties to start monitoring well water. And uh, because of the drought, I mean, that's why everything was in the bill, because it had been in a drought condition for so many years. And uh, right after, well, it was a beautiful, it was 2000. And two was a beautiful fall. It was a beautiful, warm, dry, gorgeous uh, leaf, uh, you know, when the, all of the different types of trees. Yeah. Just awesome. And uh, that doggone bill got passed, and it was spring of 2003 when it started raining here. My garden has been drowned out, well, two years in a row, and this year I was never able to get it in, Alan. Yeah. So as soon as they got that bill passed, and if anybody listening thinks that that's a, just a coincidence, folks, you got to start uh, opening your eyes, opening your ears, and don't believe it just because you hear it, but start doing your own research. You know, Alan, yeah. that's the thing that gets me is when and somebody, and I'm not talking about our listeners, I don't think they'd be listening to this broadcast if, you know, they were deniers going into denial, but people you will talk to, intelligent people, will say, uh-uh, I don't believe that, that's not possible. I had a friend here, a very intelligent person, we were talking, I was mentioned weather control, he said, that's impossible, the weather's too big, it can't be controlled. And I was telling him some things, he said, you're not going to convince me. I said, no, I don't want to convince you, Greg, but I hope uh, that you're curious enough to to maybe say, well, I'd like some information on that. I'd like you to prove it. Mm-hmm. You know, be curious enough to ask for some some documentation. I'll be glad to provide it. He did. It was no. He he didn't say no. Thank you. He just dropped the subject. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and Alan, that is uh, what is that? What what when when a person doesn't even say, are you serious? 
Uh -huh. Oh, come on, give me a break. Prove it to me. Yeah. What, what is it? Well, it's a person who has swallowed the reality they've been, they've been trained to believe in. Uh, and it's um, augmented by their growing up watching the six o'clock news and really believing it's there to do all their thinking for them. I see. And if it's not mentioned on the mainstream news, it can't be true. And, uh, oh boy, okay. That's how simple it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah I You know, 50 years ago, the public were suspicious of media because they knew media in the different uh, papers, left-wing, right-wing, and up-and-down, all the rest of it, they all had their little spins and agendas or their ways of covering stories according to their particular view on things. And they also knew they were all private organizations, you see. And big money was always viewed with suspicion, especially anything to do with the mind, and information has to do with the mind. Uh -huh. But today they've been so well, uh, they've been brought up with television, been absolutely brought up with it as windom, as windom till they're adults. And Brzezinski said weaned, that. Did you say weaned them? Yeah. Okay. Had, yeah. They're, probably, they're babysat by the television. Mm -hmm. And they go to kindergarten and even have. Uh, you look at kindergarten um, schools now, they all have the satellite antennas on top yes. so they can watch their favorite cartoons and, and so on and get the same indoctrination. Yes. Uh, and so, and again, with the standardization of all education, worldwide, it's not just national, it's worldwide, uh, you bounce your ideas off anybody across the planet, and if they come back parting the six o'clock news, and it suits your views, then you judge yourself sane. That's how we judge ourselves sane, by bouncing ideas off other people. I see. So if they have, uh, if they have a six o'clock news version of the world, and everybody else does, then we must all be right. That's what they think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's... Uh, but really, Brzezinski said that himself in his own book, that the public would, would shortly be unable to reason for themselves. Uh, they can only parrot what had been downloaded with on the previous night's news. You know, I saw a quote. Sometimes when I'm pulling up emails, I think about making notes... Uh, just to mention some of these things that I get, there was a, a statement by Zbigniew Brzezinski, and I don't know, I don't recall if there was a date, but in my mind as I was reading it, I was under the impression it was a fairly recent quote, and he was talking about Iran in a favorable way, uh -huh. and I thought, what in God's name is going on? And there were articles because I subscribe online, Washington Post, um, New York Times. In, in, in the Toronto Star and USA Today and I just do a rundown just take a look at their you know take a look at the headlines yeah. and they're, they're, they're I tell you what it reminds me of they're just saying a lot of stuff now and then you, you, you try to figure out okay why are they airing this and I think back of the protocols where it said that the, you know the people will want peace and and, and, and and rest from the terror and the chaos, and they're they're going to in the, in the protocols. I wish I had it handy; I could read it because I've got it bookmarked. But basically, they said that the people are going to get so irritated, so angry, and with the, their government that they they won't. They, in other words, to hell with it all, and yeah. then they'll accept our international super government yeah they try to break the will down uh, through, through anxiety and they understand because they've done so many tests on animals and just as many humans as well that uh, we can only take so much stress continuously especially when it's not resolved you know unresolved stress yeah um, it builds up until you end up like Pavlov's dog you just sit in the middle and you shake because you can't see a way around it all, and that's what they want. Then, when when a savior comes along yep. with with an answer and says, "There, there, don't worry, go back to sleep. I'll take care of it." The king, yes, uh, we do. The king despot of the blood of Zion. Uh -huh. That's their. They said it'll be the pope of the world. <laughs> oh well, they can have their, their pope. Their king despot of the blood of Zion. So, so you see, there now, so so much is coming out in the media that it's, it's making people angry with the U.S. Congress. 
mm-hmm. with the economic system, of course. We, but the, the blame is starting to be laid now uh-huh. on these agencies and these individuals. And it, I believe that that's what they're doing. Yeah, well, they also that, like to almost lull us back between um, the crisis uh, until we were off guard and then hit you fast again fast and hard with something else yeah and we go up and down on this roller coaster and um and that's another technique of breaking you down too nobody i don't believe anybody was expecting what oh. happened on september 11th 2001 oh, except the ones that planned it you know? right exactly yeah. it was a shock i was in shock literally uh-huh. uh, and and I thought about this because there's always these threats of nuclear. You know, oh, yeah. they're gonna they're gonna nuke Iran and they're gonna nuke Syria and mm-hmm. and Israel is is using nuclear uh, weapons now. And I think that the, that fear is being put into people, yeah. and they'll do something totally off the beaten path. Yeah, mm-hmm. that well, will be are. that will be terrible. Mm-hmm. And uh, and shocking to people and throw everybody back into a state of uh, paralysis, I guess you would say. Yeah. And it probably won't be a nuclear explosion, and I pray that it doesn't, but uh-huh. uh, there's been too many threats of it. I guess that's what I'm thinking. Oh, I know. The cry of wolf so many times. Mm-hmm. The cry of wolf. And uh, you got to remember, too, that uh, in the early 90s the Cold War was over yeah the Cold War now during the whole Cold War we never had uh, and most countries never had any practice for anything there was no real set up during rehearsals in public for a nuclear war uh, with ambulances and firemen and Uh and, uh, police Uh and military and in 95 across Canada and other countries as well uh, even in small towns, in the last place I lived in, it's a it's a it's a potato town basically. Um, I went in one day and and 95 and and there's this uh, emergency response drill uh, with uh, people as actors pretending they were hurt and injured and yeah. firemen there, police there, military there. And I asked one of the guys, "What's all this?" He says, uh, "Oh, we're practicing in case someone put a bomb out uh, off uh, outside Baxter's laboratory." And I thought, well, what's going on here? I said, you know, this is the Cold War is over. We never had this kind of drill during the Cold War. Right. Uh, what's happening? And then, of course, um, Margaret Thatcher, just just a few years before it, in her speech at Massey Hall in, in uh, Toronto, which was entitled "The New World Order," you know, her her uh, actual uh, appearance there uh-huh. in the newspapers. She said the next war will be on fundamentalist religions, probably beginning in the Middle East. Yeah. And I thought, well, it all falls into place. Then 9-11 came along after Brzezinski's book, sure. The Grand Chessboard, and, and, and they get what they want. Yeah. So it, yeah. it was all planned long before. Right. Well, if you, uh, I don't know if you've ever read Benjamin Friedman's uh, talk. I think it was in 1963 uh, or 60. It was in the 60s. Uh-huh. And if you read that speech, uh-huh. you'd think the speech was being given, well, maybe was given a couple or three years ago, because he said, right now as I'm speaking, they're planning a war, a long war in the Middle East. Uh-huh. And uh, they will be using your children, you know, as the yeah. cannon fodder. I'm very broad. Well, H.G. Wells wrote about you. that before World War II. I, under- I know, but... but that when you right when you say you know Margaret Thatcher said it a few couple years yeah. ago, mm-hmm. uh, it's been in, in the making a long time and in, in getting. I know I'm not going to go into religion here. You seem to want to stay away from that. I don't mean religion either. I'm talking uh, spiritual uh, issues. Uh-huh. But um, I got a, an email today, and it was a. a kind of an overview of a book that was written God is a lie or something like that Uh and you know I said this when I was writing Jewish persecution that it appears to me that I was using Christianity as an example was uh, founded to be destroyed 
In other words, there's so many lies in religion that when people begin to find out the truth, the lies that they've been told, I said my concern is that, and what I believe they probably hope for, is that people will throw the baby out with the bathwater. And this book is saying there is no God. I mean, you see, he goes back into the Old Testament and he mentions how Jehovah lovingly uh, commanded that Abraham should kill Isaac, his beloved son. And he makes, the way the, the article about it is written, the guy makes a case for people to uh, say there is no God or creator. In other words, it's science. And then this whole universe is uh, physical, and every all the laws of the universe are the, the laws of physics, see? Yeah. So there is no higher being there. And, and I thought, when I was reading it, and he brought all the religions in. It wasn't just Christianity. Mm-hmm. It's just like this. You see, there is no, quote, God. And, uh, and that... Above all things, in my mind, would leave people at least who, in their hearts, they well, they believe in the religion that that they were born into or that they settled on. They believe that they want to hang on to whatever it is that they've been given and not question it. Yeah. And uh, and there are there are people now who are just totally confused. It's like, what is truth? What is there? Yeah, what I mean, that's why there? They're, they're doing all the searching and uh, going into all the different groups and following gurus. Uh-huh. It's, it's something to fill the gap uh, that's been left. The, the hole has been left, really. And, of course, the, 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 whole, the whole New Age cult that they're, or whatever they're involved in, which is all New Age, was designed by the same people who controlled the old religion. Yeah. Well, the new age, yeah. Yeah. But we so, have to be careful there that, you know, just anybody who anybody who uh, finally rejects the religions that were made by man and begins to seek the, the higher spiritual truth, it doesn't necessarily mean they're new age. No, unless if they follow the same formulas. I don't know. Well, what formulas would you be talking about? Well, there's always a master, like a like a guru. Okay. And now, guru in India is also a god, by the way. Your personal guru is a god. I see. And and it's the same thing here. They 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 created the new age movement in the '60s, or really pushed it in the '60s, from the top down. And it was sung to the music, through music and so on. Uh, they sent the Beatles off to get it all, the ball rolling. And sure enough, all the followers follow. That's what followers do. Yeah. They can't think for themselves and say, "Well, if these guys, our heroes, are doing this. There must be, there must be a truth in there." And that got the Maharishi um, set up. Uh, all the magazines went into action at the same time. All the newspapers just seen how wonderful it was. And at the same time, you had guys being interviewed, uh, pop stars and rock stars who were stoned out their skulls, uh-huh. uh, doing interviews on mainstream TV, falling off chairs, and then the, the interviewers were laughing or tee-hee-hee, aren't me naughty type thing, because it was meant to get all the youngsters involved as they made this curvature change from the old religions into the new. And the Scottish Rite of Freemasons, the high ones, the, the Rite of Perfection, uh, the, their magazine was called The New Age back in the 1950s. Yes. And they said they would bring in the New Age with a movement. And, and that yeah. was it. Yeah. Do uh, you know, I don't know if you're aware of this, and I don't know how you feel about it, but when you talk about people, you know, they just find someone else to follow, uh-huh. uh, you've become, in a sense, a guru to a lot of people. I wonder how you, uh, if you're aware of that, people that I talk to, uh-huh. it's almost as though you're next to the Messiah here, you know what I'm saying? Well, I tell everybody that they've got to check everything out for themselves, and it isn't that you show them or, or, or point them in a way, see, and say, here's a formula. And people, unfortunately, are trained in regular religions, too, to go through formulas. 
Yeah, it formulas. Things, pentacles, and so on, and uh, uh, um, so they've been trained in formula ritual, uh, and uh, it's, it's a very human thing to 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 almost want this this mass movement of ritual. When you say ritual, would you because that's a, a real broad? Uh, yeah. Would you a, a predetermined um, physical movements with uh, uh, sequential verbal responses? To, to phrases that are put out there. Just like they do in the churches. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. No, who wants a game of dominoes, not me, you know? Yeah. Uh, that type of thing. Yeah. You, you made a statement one time, and this was back sometime in the spring. We were talking. In fact, I had read something that, you know, you had said to Effie, and, and I had, it was so important that I had transcribed it off the tape uh-huh. and read it, and you said, well, I... Uh, that's only meant for one person. Yeah. And, and, you know, you said I talk to people one-on-one. My concern, of course, is, and as I said, you can't talk to everybody, not every single person. Yeah. So to withhold uh, truth, that, that you know are true, is it, it saddens me for them. You have to, though. You have but, to. But, but, but you wait. Can't, you can't give ultimate truth to but, people uh, Alan, uh, unless, be, unless they're prepared to see what you're giving them and because if you don't prepare them individually they can't see what you're giving them what, what you said to Effie though was something that you had said on the air several yeah. years even prior to that you said it on the air uh-huh. uh, but th- th- then you said that you know you talk to people one on one and you're deprogramming them and you said that you then you reprogram them and you know I didn't uh, that kind of slid by me when you said it, and then I got to thinking about it, when you, who has the right to program anybody? Mm-hmm. The thing is, all you can do is start them off. You start them off, and you and you let them search out themselves. But is that what you See, refer to as what they reprogramming? Do, no, most people what they do is they choose a religion. They choose a religion they'd already wanted. <laughs> Uh-huh. That's what the whole New Age movement says, that they go shopping for religion. Really, they're looking for the one they've already chosen. They've already picked an advance in their head. And they want something with no boundaries, number one. Uh, uh, no, no no rights or wrongs or, or don't do's or do's. Is that the part of the New Age movement? Yeah. So, in other words, the New Age uh-huh. movement does not teach that as we sow, so shall we reap. Oh, they'll say certain things like karma, but it's almost like a credit card system oh. where you can do now and pay later. Okay. Yeah, you know, the karma thing. Uh-huh. I mean, the whole New Age movement is taken directly from Hinduism. All of it. The channeling, uh, the different types of, of meditation with the chants, rep- repetition and chants, um, uh, bringing in different guides, or power animals, or whatever it happens to be. Uh, we would call it shamanism here, but they have the same thing in India. But you, you, you don't reject shamanism, do you? Uh, well, uh, if, unless you... <laughs> why shouldn't you reject it, number one? Well, I'm, I ask you that because you have spoken with uh-huh. uh, the shamans, some, that some of the shamans that have come to visit you, it's almost like you're saying, don't you accept the religion? No, no. Is shamanism a religion? Yeah. Okay, well, what about the shamans uh-huh. who have the inner knowledge and the wisdom? Because there are some. And you've well, spoken the one, with them. The ones who have any kind of real, real, real insight into things um, have been moving away from society and people over the last 10 years. Right. Because they don't want to be around people anymore. Uh-huh. They don't want visitors. And now you have the, you have the tourist ones that, that, that you can go and pay your money and you'll, you'll wave some tobacco smoke in your face. Yeah, and, and see, I'm and not referring to them, type. though. I'm referring to the ones that you've spoken to some seemingly very, very wise Oh, yeah. Uh, men. And, and you always find as well that they're pretty, they like their solitude. Uh-huh. And, and I think that's the only way you can go. Because we're so bombarded. We've never had a period in history uh, that we are so bombarded from the minute you get up 
uh, to go to bed with electronic sound. Yeah. You, 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 you people actually switch on the radio first thing in the morning, and the topics to fill their head are given right to them. They have no say in the topics. It's downloaded into them. They drive to work listening to it. Uh, sometimes at, at work they even listen to it and the same thing going back home then they watch TV for the rest of the night their whole waking time is taken up with someone else different people professionals at that companies yeah. uh, broadcasting thoughts and ideas and opinions right into their mind right. and, and they don't even participate in the answers themselves they're downloaded uh-huh. so uh, people today um a lot of people, I think you mentioned it yourself, you knew some, they can't go to sleep without the TV or the oh, radio right. on. Yeah. A okay. lot of people are becoming that way now. Yes, I know. They're scared stiff of silence. Um, and then we're talking probably, I, from the conversations I've had with so many listeners over the past 10 years mm-hmm. and letters that I've received from them, I find, Alan, that we all have a, seem to have a lot in common. Yeah. As our, the people who have listened to Sweet Liberty, and I'm not saying every one of them, but it seems that the people who began listening and stuck in there, even when WWCR was sabotaging the heck out of our, uh, our reception, yeah. they, 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 they've always been... Uh, more into natural foods, gardening, and if they don't garden, then they seek, you know, more natural foods. They've never been big TV watchers. Uh, most of them, I don't think, even went to college. Yeah. And they're just, it's, you know, it's like maybe it's a magnet, you know, the saying birds of a feather mm-hmm. flock together, but I believe that the people who listen to Sweet Liberty are here because they are seeking the truth and they're not looking for another guru or not looking for another religion but in their hearts truly want to know what is what what is truth and uh, we have to take a break here uh, I just I just want to differentiate uh, between the majority of listeners and the people who answer but you know you were decided we'll be right back this so. Oh, we sure have been indoctrinated with that fiction, haven't we, Alan? <laughs> I know. So many of them. Huh? <coughs> Excuse me. Yes, and uh, it, it occurs to me that it's obvious I seem to have a head cold here. <laughs> I, I was wondering if it was that or the, the vinegar. No, not the vinegar. No. This doggone thing started yesterday. At least it's staying in my head. Uh-huh. And that's a blessing, for, you know, for me, of course, because that silly lung thing I get. But, no, it's just I'm very, very nasal. And, and to mind you, a lot of people get that. I get it, too, with, with the rains at, uh, at this time of year. Really? Never mind the stuff they're adding to it. But, yeah, normally I get that anyway because uh, the, a lot of the leaves are dying um, and some of them can't turn to powder. Yeah. There's molds out there. With, uh, Isn't that kind of like an allergy, though? Yeah. Uh-huh. I, I've never at least had any known allergies. Mm-hmm. I think this is just a head cold. You know, the, uh, I know, I remember maybe a couple weeks ago or whatever, I started to say something, and you said you didn't really want to get into it. But, Alan, in, in today's, in today, uh-huh. I, I can't think of anything more important today than for people to begin to have an understanding of exactly what it was that you said to Effie and that you had said on the air sometime back in 99 Mm -hmm. Uh, because when people realize that they've been lied to it's this conversation that I've had with listeners that are so concerned Confused, Alan. Mm-hmm. Oh, they they have realized that the religious most of well, religion itself. Uh, yeah. There are truths in the Bible. There are truths 
that are given in every religion uh, because otherwise they could never keep the people, uh, you know, Uh, taking in more. But uh, I, I wonder if you, because you had said it, just exactly almost the way you said it to Effie Mm -hmm. and when I read it you said you know well you're opposing people's religions and it's only for a one on one thing and I get my wondering is why was it okay to say it publicly to a shortwave audience Mm -hmm. and we have people that are just spiritually floundering and I'm not saying that I have answers for people I can only share with people my understandings and experiences that I've had as you've said in the past and I know that it's so we can believe we believe by faith but we know by experience it's the only thing as I say uh, the problem with any experience is it's unverifiable to anyone else well exactly but but it's something that we ourselves know But, but my question is maybe you could explain this to me because you did say it and then we have a, a a whole new audience today. In fact, the audience that you said it to, by far, and basically were fundamentalist Christians. Mm-hmm. You know, the old New Testament, every word is gospel truth. And you said it identically to that. And then when I read it on the air, you said it's only meant for one individual. Have you had second thoughts about that or... That's well, right. I've watched over the last few years, and I've talked to many, many people. Uh, I, I even gone back to '98, and I know the ones who who can understand on a particular level of understanding that the basics of what's happening and the why things are happening. But also, it, it's there's more to it than just the purely material world that everybody's terrified of, of losing uh, yes. and, and they are you know exactly uh, there are people phoning me up now uh, who, who you would definitely say are nice people uh, who are phoning me up and, and asking me in desperation how they can get their money out of the country before it collapses and all this kind of oh. stuff and I'm saying to them uh Look, I, I'd never ever advise you on that because right. it's all nonsense anyway. What's happening is a global situation. Oh my gosh, yes. And I said, it doesn't matter what you move to where. I said, the new system that's supposed to come out of this one won't be using money as you know it. You'll be getting so many credits, and so will everyone else get the same amount every week. And you can't save them up. They're gone at the end of the week. And but however, they're desperate about all of this. I get ones phoning me about the draft try and get their, their sons out of the well, country. Well, that I can understand. And I uh, desperate. Desperation. Um, and, and to go into a spiritual side of things, you have to... They have to make their own personal decisions. Of course they do. You know? I do understand that, Alan. Yeah. And many of the people, you see, what they're really wanting is to keep this system going as it is and don't get it don't let it get any worse in their lifetime just stop it right now you mean a lot of people that you talk to yeah okay well that's different because uh, the conversations that I've had with people uh-huh. their their concern is of a spiritual nature yeah and there is a lot of confusion mm-hmm. um, and you see the whole thing but with, with, with here this earth here it doesn't matter what you go into or how many if you go off to South America and pop drugs to get some experience, it isn't going to do you any good. Right. Because, because you'll wake up as yourself again, the same old you, in the same old body, hopefully in a way, um, the next day. Wherever you go, there you are. That's right. And, and yeah. so what you have is this is where spirit and matter meet. This is, this is the deciding place. And you can't save one without the other. You see? This is the whole thing. In other words, you must act out. Uh, the thoughts that come to you, the uh, you must put into action um, what is right through what you say is, is spirit that comes to you. 
um, the quiet little inner you that pushes, should I keep my mouth shut and keep my head down and just go along in the physical, maybe they won't notice me. Uh, but you know yourself, you're copping out, you have to act because whatever you do here is going to decide if there is another life for you. Yes. It's all decided here. Yes. And uh, that again, lots of people, you, you, if you start encouraging a spiritual side, you, you, you could bring millions of people to you. So what they're after really is, is complete escapism from here. That's the problem. Complete escapism from here, you mean here in the physical? That's right. How you wouldn't be, you wouldn't be, the amount of the New Agers who phone me, who've been to all the different groups and spent God knows how many thousands of dollars in each one, uh, they, they don't want to look at the world at all. They really don't want to look at the world. It's as though it didn't concern them. Uh, they're in total that. denial and that was part of the reason the New Age movement was created so as they wouldn't participate in decision making uh, in the world yes yeah and that's the problem if you encourage them yeah. but when you say wait encourage them uh-huh. it doesn't have to be encouraging them into the New Age religion not if they, not if they understand at the very beginning uh huh that I, I, I wouldn't impart anything to them personally unless I knew they were going to act on it. When you say act on it, yeah. what, act on what? On, on ultimate truth. It's, there's no point having ultimate truth and then sitting back when, and saying, well, I'm, it's like a Christian saying, I'm fine, I was saved. Ah, uh, gotcha. In other words, it, it, it's, it's for them personally, not... Yeah, it's, it's like, don't remember that old song... This world is not my home. I'm just passing through. No, I that's don't. The old, the old Christian song. No, I don't. No. Well, that's the same with the New Age. They're, they're, they're taking themselves out of the game here. And they don't want to believe that anything has anything to do with them. In other words, when they see the killing, the yes. wars, uh -huh. the torturing, they when they see the off. minds of the children. Yeah, I, now this, uh, I can, I can, I, I, it's hard to believe that they that they that that, that do they say, say then oh well it's okay this isn't all real it doesn't matter what the, the, they're doing to the children in the school and that they're losing their minds yeah and and and, and their soul what is happening to the soul yeah. uh, we have discussed this before you know because it's been a thought in my mind if it is the mind is the gateway to the soul and of course that is a, a statement attributed to Jesus in the in the New Testament, where he said, "Fear not those who can kill the body, but fear those who can kill the body and the soul." Mm -hmm. And are you saying then? I guess I don't know any New Age people because I have never heard this. That 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 this all means nothing just because. Oh well, this is an illusion. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah, you, you get that from a lot of them. Wow! And I get so many of them who literally their minds are so strung out. And they've got, they've end up in psychiatry and psychology and therapy, phoning oh. me up out of desperation. I've spent countless hours on the phone with different ones uh -huh. that have been through this absolute hell called the New Age. Uh huh. And so I would never ever encourage anybody to, or promote it. Well, of course not, Alan. No. Of course not. Hmm. But see, I wasn't talking about the New Age. Uh huh. I was talking about spiritual truth. Yeah. And. and well, see, a spiritual truth is a simple thing because it's something that everyone, maybe except a psychopath, everyone could relate to it immediately. So do you... So, okay, the spiritual truth particularly that I'm thinking of oh. is where you said on the air to a very large shortwave listening audience, fundamentalist Christians, that within every individual is the spiritual force. Yes, they want to use it. Uh, yes, exactly. And uh, and you said that the, the, you know, the ones today that we see that we believe are in control, that there is a force be beyond them. I believe that. I've I, It's been a sense that there is a hidden uh, power that's pushing all this, and it isn't uh, nice, uh, but... Uh, The 
people at least who are searching and then they hear a mixed message because you know you've said you know that within every individual there is a a spiritual force Mm -hmm. and that these uh, creatures that are controlling in the background know it they're aware of it and their greatest fear is that enough people will find out about it uh, yeah, and it would take enough people to understand what they're really doing. And that means they've gone through a process of reevaluating for themselves that old thing called the meaning of life or the purpose of life. Yeah, reevaluating. Which is not the system that we're living in. Right. And when they realize that, and really, um, they're not out to save a system because it wasn't theirs to begin with, it was given to them. Um, and they're willing to take a chance into the unknown, then that they're ready for it. Most people really, as I say, want to save this system because it's the only one they know, even though it was given to them. Well, I'm speaking for those who have gone beyond that and do realize it. Uh, And, you know, for myself, you know, you and I have talked probably hundreds of hours, and I told you, you know, from a little girl, my earliest memories, laying in bed and, quote, talking to God at night and asking a jillion questions. But there were certain things I knew. I, I knew. And and then, then I discovered the knowing was there. It's almost like sometimes you read something, Alan, mm-hmm. and it's... It, 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 it's strikes your memory, the memory maybe that we brought with us, or the memory that is within us. And so, uh, I, I've, my search has progressed as, as a result of reading, 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 um, the School of Metaphysics. I told you I was a student there. And I did have experiences, and they weren't magical experiences, and they were they were real. Uh, but I needed it appear at least for me. See, maybe it's hard for you to relate to this. The memory is there, but it some it, it seems to take something, something somebody says, something you read, to bring that memory into your conscious knowing. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense, what I'm saying? Well, what, it, what it is, is that it's, it's there, but you see, you have to be ready for it. You, you must have, you, you've probably experienced something in your life, and suddenly it will come to you because it fits the moment. You see. It actually matches the moment, whereas you hadn't had uh, that particular occurrence happen before. Yeah. So, so that's, Many that's of the difference, them. because Many we are... See, life is supposed to be a journey of constantly growing. Yes. They've trained us in the last, only in the last 40 years, you know, 40 or 50 years, probably 40 years, they've trained us that old people are of no value. Yep. And yet, before that, people who were elderly had the wisdom and the knowledge to guide the young. And it, so they were looked up to with esteem. With Yes, they were revered. Uh-huh. Yes. So they reversed that, because, and they said that, and Maurice Strong said it at their summit, they'd have to destroy the last vestiges of the family. And, and once that was gone, then government, the state, could dictate directly to the individual, and no one would be there to stand up for the individual. The family would be gone. That, that was always the goal of government. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, um, it's, it's quite interesting that old men run this world at least the, the visible ones that we see old, old men old and the everybody else to disregard elderly in every other sphere it, yes that is interesting isn't it Alan uh-huh. yeah. yeah because they're ancient oh yeah do you believe that there are people living here uh, that have been here for maybe hundreds of years uh, yeah and I can tell you it's awful boring <laughs> no I'm no I'm I, that wasn't a joke yeah, I know, I know. Yeah. Well, the reason I said that, you know, I was talking to Stephen Ames. Uh-huh. Uh, he he went into researching religions and spiritual uh, matters because he said that he knew that there had to be something 
you know, beyond what the, this, this is going on, what keeps driving it. And we had a conversation one day, and he said, I, I'm going to say something to you, and you're probably going to think I've lost my mind. He said, I believe that there are people here who've been here for hundreds of years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it didn't sound to me like he had lost his mind, Alan. Yeah. You know, with science and with their longevity, uh, et cetera. <clears throat> well, David Suzuki, who was one of the main spokesmen for the big uh, nation uh, natural shows for brainwashing us into nature, uh, headed by the World Wildlife Fund and the United Nations, who was a geneticist himself, said on the CBC National Television in Canada about three or four years ago, it says, we now have the capability to stop the time clock and gene and make a person live to 500 years of well, away. there you go. Now, whenever oh we are told, uh, whenever a truth in this system is admitted, yeah. it's already a antiquated. Fact. Yeah. yeah, a fact. Yeah. Uh-huh. So we always get uh, sure. third-hand news. You know. Sure. So uh, it's not impossible. I know that in the early 1900s, they'd cracked the genetic code then, probably before then, because Rutherford, that was the world's most famous mathematician, and he was a the guy they pulled in for to do all the measurements for the Great Pyramids and so on. Um, and his own memoirs mentioned that he was employed in his last years uh, to work on genetics. Now, you would not employ a mathematician to work on genetics wow. if you hadn't found the gene yet. Wow. <laughs> it was only supposedly suspect then. So there's little giveaways that they've tried to follow. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know what? When you made a joke and said it's pretty boring. Yeah. Well, who's joking? Eh? I read who's joking, but not boring. But oh my God, who would want to be here? Yeah. For 500 years, Alan. Well, you certainly would never want to be here for 500 years if you were lived on the lower strata of society. Now, if you were a member of an elite with perfect physical health, uh, living in the lap of luxury, uh, traveling the world, doing what you wanted, you, I, can, I, under, I can understand that. I wanting, can't. You see? I can't. Uh-huh. No, oh, I, oh, no, you know what, Alan? Uh-huh. No, I can't. Because uh, there is something there within... I mean, even if it's been buried and cut off and anything you want to say, they are not alive. They are not living, Alan. If you cannot love, you uh-huh. cannot. You you are not living. Yeah. And so I can't... Well, the only un- love they have is for themselves. Exactly. Yeah. So, no, I can't understand. I mean, you know to say, oh, well, if I could live in the lap of luxury and I could be healthy forever, sure, I'd like to be here for... I can't... No, that's, that wouldn't be my cup of tea, Alan. Yeah. And it wouldn't be yours either, I don't think. But, well, I'll tell you, uh, there was a program just a few days ago on, on the CBC, on the news, on a special report, and it was about some supposed uh, new treatment where they inject fetal tissue into you to keep you young. And they were doing it, and I think it was China they were going to. Oh, they've been and, doing. And don't you think they've been doing that for a long time? Oh, they've been doing. I think that's what the be, the, the uh, brain stem yeah. uh, research. I know is all about. Well, they make cocktails at them too. And but the thing is, this woman had about I don't know how many facelifts she had, but she was very wealthy. Her face was get stretched so tight there was hardly a wrinkle. She couldn't close her eyes. Oh God. And and there she was off to spend money to make her live longer. So there are people like that. I understand that there are. Yeah. Uh-huh. But yeah. and that cannibalism. I don't care if it's, if you eat it, it's injected into your whatever. That is cannibalism. Exactly. Oh, uh, yes, that. it is cannibalism. Yeah. And you know what? That's in the Old Testament. Well, it's one of the curses. Well, not only that, but it's one of the curses of Jehovah. Mm-hmm. You know, if you do my statutes, yeah. you, there were, you know, a few paragraphs about all the physical things, material things you're going to get. Mm-hmm. If you don't do my statutes, 
I think there's about a page and a half, Alan, and yeah. one of them is amongst all the ugly, nasty, terrible things is that the parents will eat their own children. Uh-huh. That's a curse of Jehovah in the Old Testament. Well, you know what I got to thinking about? Uh-huh. The, 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 the genetically modified food, they're using human DNA. I know. Human genes, they're using, uh, they're using it in animal genes. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I thought about this. I thought, you know what? Uh-huh. They're doing it. They're doing it. Because we're, we're, we become cannibals when we eat the genetic, genetically modified uh fruits and vegetables. Or you get your modern inoculations. They don't use animals now to grow the viruses and so on or bacteria. They actually use um, fetal tissue. Fetal tissue. And inject it into you with the viruses. Under the guise of science. Sure. That's the new priesthood with the white coat. Sure. Yeah. And people don't stop to think what they're actually doing because we've been trained to believe anything which is scientific is good. And uh, and it's the biggest con out there, really. It's a total belief system. Even though they keep changing their theories on the same topics every few years, they still persist that it is a science. Yes. <coughs> and the uh, value, the value to this conversation of what you're saying right now, mm-hmm. is for people who may just be newly tuned in. Yeah. That we're not just talking about some uh, out there woo woo thing. Uh, they're doing it. They're doing it, yeah. And, 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 and it can be proven, so. and it can be discovered, yes? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's no big uh, detect- uh, detective work to, to find this kind of stuff out. It's a horror story just looking back. Yes, it is. That's why I think it is important for you and I, when we do these broadcasts, Alan, mm-hmm. to bring in... And every time I say this, you say, well, I'm not going to be a cheerleader for this world. I'm not talking about cheerleading. I'm talking about the importance Mm -hmm. of at least discussing and sharing with our listeners. There's so much more. Mm -hmm. There's so much more than this physical world. And there's so much beyond religion. Mm Mm-hmm. And they've got to, if they want to be taught something, they must put it into practice and use exactly. it. Exactly. Hey, let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Um, if we could do tomorrow night at the same time, 9 p.m., could you come on? Could yeah. we? Oh, goody. I think we're going to be able to do this, folks. I had talked to Nicholas, and he said to let him know, and I am going to give him a call. I would like to pick this conversation up tomorrow where we left off this evening. Because, Alan, in my heart, to me, there couldn't be anything more important yeah. that we could share with our listeners. Thank you, Alan. And That's ladies good. and gentlemen, uh, tune in tomorrow night, and maybe Alan and I will be back on the conversation. Good night. Thank you for being here. Good night, Alan.